Well, good morning, everyone. It's fantastic to stand in front of you and see so many people here. Um, Ryan and the band, amazing. I can't see them, but wherever you are, amazing time. Thank you so much for leading us this morning. That's absolutely brilliant. So, um, oh, I need this as well. Okay, so we've been talking about a generous God and a generous people. And today I'm going to start off with an image. And I want you to just shout out, what do you see when I put that up on the screen? What, what do you see? What, what is it? A harvest. A harvest. Oh, I like that one. What else? What would you say? Mountains. Okay, interesting. Yeah, good, good. Anything else? Okay, what I see, <laughs> what, what I see when I look at that, is a field of wheat, okay? It's a field of wheat. Yes, there are mountains in the background and, you know, there's blue sky and all the rest of it, but I, I, I see a field of wheat. If we hone in a little bit on it, we can see that the wheat is, uh, the field of wheat is made up of lots of bits, and in fact, we can go even further and we can hone in on one bit of wheat, one strand. And that's very much what I want to talk about today. That's my starting point, is that it's very, very easy to see ourselves as being a group, to see ourselves as simply I'm part of the church. But God doesn't see us like that. Yes, God sees the church, and God loves the church, but he sees each and every one of us individually. Every single one of us sitting here, everyone who has given their life to Jesus, in fact, everyone who lives or who has ever lived, God sees individually and loves individually. And in fact, if we look at that, uh, that bit of wheat, we, we've got the, uh, I'm not a biologist, so if you're a biologist and I get this wrong, please forgive me. But at the top, we've even got the seeds. And God sees the potential in each and every one of us as well. He doesn't just see us, but he sees within us the potential that he has put within us, the potential to serve him, to honour him, to take his name into the world out there and see people getting saved and see people coming into his presence, coming into relationship with him. But it starts with us understanding that we are individually known and loved by God. Now, I've been doing the Freedom in Christ course for many, many years. And uh, as I've done step stays with people, this is one of those things that comes up. And sometimes when people are talking, you, you kind of get the impression that they don't see themselves as being loved, as being valued, as being seen by God. But rather they say, well, I know everyone else is, but I just don't see that for myself. And I want to dismiss that lie right at the very start. And it is a lie. God loves each and every one of us, no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter the past circumstances, God loves each and every one of us. And that, for me, is just an amazing fact. Now, you know, where did I get to, where, how did I get onto this? Well, I was reading Acts, I don't know, be pleased. I was reading Acts, and I don't know whether you've noticed, but the, the first few chapters of Acts, it talks about Peter standing up amongst the twelve. And then it says, and 5,000 were saved. And, uh, and we see these crowds of people, and we just get that sense of the enormity. The kickstart of the church is with multitudes. And we, we, we kind of get that sense of there's just lots of people. But then in Acts 4, 
it starts to change. And in Acts 4, we see that the believers shared everything they had. They sold fields, and it mentions a guy called Barnabas. And then it goes on in Acts 5, we've got Ananias and Sapphira. Acts 6, we've got the choosing of the seven. And each one of those seven who are going to serve those tables, each one is named. Then in Acts 7, we get Stephen. Acts 8, we get Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Acts 9, Saul, Ananias, Tabitha, Aeneas. Acts 10, Peter and Cornelius. And so it goes on. We get John Mark, we get Lydia, we get Silas. I don't believe it is a coincidence that Luke wrote all the names in the book of Acts. I believe he was prompted by the Holy Spirit because Holy Spirit was saying, I know each and every one of you in person. I'm not looking at the mass. Yes, I love the church. I died for the church. The church is my my plan to see the gospel taken out in the world. But the church is made up of individual people who I love, who I created to be unique, to be special. I equipped them with with gifts that only they have. And they can do my work in this world whilst they are here. And I've put them there for purpose. But it starts with the fact that I know each and every one of them individually. And I love them all individually. So, let's have a little look at 2 Peter, verse 1. And 2 Peter, verse 1, if you look in the ESV, it says this. To those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours by the righteousness of God and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Equal standing. There is no hierarchy in the kingdom other than the fact that Jesus is Lord. None of us are more special than anyone else. You might have struggled through life and and been challenged with addiction or been challenged with circumstances, maybe poverty or whatever it may have been, but that does not make you a second-class citizen in the kingdom of God. You are loved by God just as much as anyone else. You are loved by God just as much as, I'm going to highlight, the people on the front row who lead our meeting. You are, you are loved just as much as anyone else. There is no hierarchy. Now, if you look at other translations, they do use some different words. So, some talk about a faith of the same kind as ours. Some, a faith equal to ours. Others, a faith as precious as ours. The Greek word, I've been studying, the Greek word is isotimos. Now I know there were some uh, Greek scholars here, so uh, I've gone to the reliable source of Google Translate. And I put isotimos into Google Translate, and it comes back with the word equal. We are equal, we are all the same. There is no hierarchy to faith. And if you go away with anything today, that's the first. And my first key point for you, there is no hierarchy. None of you are excluded when it comes to the kingdom of God. Because God has made you unique in order to fulfill his purposes here on earth. J.L. Packer writes in his book, Knowing God, he writes, What matters supremely, sorry, I know it's quite small, but there's some good stuff in there. 
What matters supremely is not the fact that I know God, but that he knows me. I am graven on the palms of his hands. I am never out of his mind. All my knowledge of him depends on his sustained initiative in knowing me. I know him because he first knew me. And he continues to know me. He knows me as a friend, one who loves me. And there is no moment when his eye is off me or his attention distracted from me. There is no moment, therefore, when his care falters. We are known by God. What an amazing fact that is. But as I was preparing this, I was thinking, well, that's great, that is amazing. But what does that mean? What, you know, what else, what, where are you taking us with this, God? And I read Ephesians 2. And it says in Ephesians 2, it says this, but God, so this is verses 4 to 6, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Let's just take a moment to think about that. We are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What an amazing scripture. Let's just look at that, Ephesians 2, 4 to 6 again. He made me alive in Christ. If you have prayed the prayer, if you have given your life to Jesus, if you have repented, which means to say sorry, to turn away from your sins, if you have done that, by faith, you have been saved. You have been made alive in Christ. You have been raised up with him. And then you are seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That just blows my mind. And the word seated there is in the past tense. It is done. It's not that we will be seated. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have been seated in heavenly places. So how does this work? Well, Paul says that we are in Christ Jesus, okay? Our being in Christ Jesus is mentioned a number of times in the New Testament. You can see it in Romans 8 verse 1, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. When we are baptized as a believer, we are baptized into Christ, okay? So, uh, are there any artists here? A couple of artists, I know there are a couple of artists here. Right, that's me. Okay, right, I hope you're impressed. I I spent a lot of time and effort on this, but this is me. When I was baptised in water, and we have baptisms coming up, when I was baptised in water, I was baptised into Christ Jesus. And my baptism sealed the fact that I am in Christ Jesus. Whatever happens to Jesus, happens to me. If Jesus is seated, if he is ascended and seated in heaven, which we all believe, I'm I'm assuming we all believe, 
And so are we, because we have been baptized into Christ Jesus. What happens to the envelope happens to me, okay? Because I'm inside and I'm sealed through the baptism. Thank you. I am, so therefore, in baptism, I'm sealed into Christ. So, we are saved by faith, okay? But baptism in water by full immersion, I do just want to say that because, you know, I know that, I know this is, this is something that we, some people wrestle with. So, baptism in water by full immersion, as a believer, we are baptized into Christ, into his death, into his resurrection, This can only be done by faith. If I don't have faith in Jesus, all I've done is got wet. Okay? Don't don't be rude, but that's that's it. If I don't have faith in Jesus, and in a few weeks' time I get into that pool, all I've got is wet. Okay? Yeah, we will celebrate it. We will prophesy over you and all sorts of things, but I've just got wet. Okay? But if you get into that pool in, in, in faith, believing that Jesus Christ has saved you, you, that you, you know, you've prayed the prayer, you've asked for his forgiveness, you've said, I'm going to make you Lord, then the baptism, you are baptized into Christ, into his resurrection, you are baptized into him. And he is seated in heavenly places, so therefore we are seated in heavenly places. When I gave my life to Jesus, I was saved for all eternity. When I was baptized, that was sealing it so that I could, I could go through life knowing 100% that I am in Christ because I was baptized as a believer by full immersion in faith. Okay? Um, so yeah, if you have given your life to Jesus, if you've prayed that prayer, then uh, I want to tell you the next step is to be baptized in water. Right? So if you prayed for the forgiveness of your sins, the things that you've done wrong, if you've not been baptized in water by full immersion as a believer, it's always that way around, you believe in faith, you get baptized, then we're doing baptisms on the 27th of November, and you can see Ian if you want to put your name down. So Ian, just give us a wave for anyone that doesn't know you. There you go. So Ian is the collector of names. That was very grand, that was, wasn't it? <laughs> very regal. <laughs> <laughs> finally, and just as a little aside, this is not the end, sorry, that, that was a preemptive finally. Um, and just as a side, I am saved by faith, I am sealed through baptism in water, but I am empowered by being baptised in the Holy Spirit. And so if you have not been baptised in the Holy Spirit, can I encourage you to ask someone, what's he on about, and get prayed for, because that is the empowering that we need in order to go and fulfil his plans and purposes in the world. We as a church, as individuals within this church, need to be baptised in water for the sealing of our faith, so that we know that we are in Christ, but we need to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, so that we are empowered to go and do all that he tells me to do. Okay, that was a little aside, sorry. Um, So, if we're baptised into Christ Jesus, there is. Where is he? And Christ Jesus ascended. So, if you know at the end of the Gospels, it says very clearly that Jesus died, he was buried, and then a couple of days later, the tomb was opened, and he rose again. 
and he met with his disciples, his followers. And then we have the amazing bit, and it's, uh, I love the bit at the end of Matthew, where he, uh, he, he, he goes out onto the mountainside, and then he ascends to heaven, and the disciples are all like, hey, where's, where's he gone? And the angels have to come and tell him. I think Sam mentioned this a few weeks ago. The angels have to come and tell him, yeah, right, come on, he's, he's gone to heaven, he will come back, but now get on with what he's told you to do. So, <clears throat> we are... See, we are in Christ Jesus through our baptism, okay? He is seated in the heavenly places. When he rose and when he ascended, he didn't just disappear. You know, he's not floating around somewhere. Right? He ascended to the heavenly places and he took his seat at the right hand of the Father. Now, when we see in the Bible, it talks about being seated, it's talking about rulership and authority. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. He has taken authority over the heavenly realms. But if I am in Christ Jesus, where am I? I am seated in the heavenly realms, just as it says in Ephesians 2. So my question to you is, what does that mean for us in our day-to-day lives? What does it mean for us to actually understand, not just kind of know it theologically, but to truly believe and come to life from a place of knowing that we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus? We would look at situations in life, like the cost of living crisis, very differently. If you read the front page of the papers, and we've mentioned it already today, but if you read the front page of the papers, there's a lot to be worried about. You know, Sally and I were talking the other day, and, uh, you know, the, the alarm goes off at half six, and it's the radio that comes on. At half six, it's the news. So the first thing we hear is the news. There's a lot to worry about when you listen to the news. You know, the uh, you know, fuel prices, food prices, mortgage, all this, that, and the other. There's a lot to be worried about. But if we see it from an earthly perspective, that's going to cause us to worry. But if we see it from the fact that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we are seated in that place of authority, we can look at these things with a very different light. We can look at them in a very different light. We take authority over the challenges of life because we are seated in the heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. It's Jesus' authority. He's been given the authority, but he has shared that with us. He has, he has allowed us to be part of his authority. We are in him. And it's not that we do things in our own strength, in our own authority. We do it in his strength and his authority. But we view the situations of life very differently because we can say, I speak to this cost of living crisis in my life. And I say, be gone. And it's not that the challenges necessarily just disappear, although they may do. Jesus said, speak to the mountain and it will be thrown into the sea. But we view all these challenges from a place of, I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have authority. Now, Sandra spoke on this this um, when she came out and shared. We set our minds on the things that are above, not on the things of earth. 
And part of our setting our minds on the things of above is part of the realisation that we are seated in the heavenly places. If we only focus on the things of earth, we won't truly grasp that we are seated in the heavenly places. But if we set our sights on the things above, the things of heaven, the things of God, then we will be able to start to appreciate the fact that we are seated with him in heavenly places. And as I was thinking about this, I I saw a little thread come through. And I realise it's quite small, sorry, I should have made that bigger. We fix our minds on the things above as one seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. As we do that, so we are empowered in Jesus to take every thought captive, which allows us then to resist the devil, which means he will flee from us. And we come from that place of being, you know, of of taking every thought captive and resisting the devil to then being able to fix our minds on the things above again. And it's a cycle of healthy living, a cycle of healthy thinking. We fix our minds on the things above as those seated in the heavenly places. That enables us to take every thought captive, which enables us to resist the devil. And so it goes on. If we, are, if we don't grasp this idea that we are seated in the heavenly places, it is harder then to take every thought captive because we're coming at it from an earthly viewpoint. The things of earth, the, the, the trials, the tribulations, the challenges, the storms of life can almost seem to overwhelm us. But if we approach it from the place of seated in heaven, so therefore it makes it much easier to take those challenges, take those thoughts captive and to resist the devil and see that breakthrough. In 2 Kings 6, verses 8 to 23, we we have this amazing little story about Elijah. Now, we've got to remember this is Old Testament, so this is before Jesus died, but it gives us a really nice example of what I'm talking about. You've got Elijah, okay, and he's he's, he's in Samaria, if I remember rightly, and the uh, Syrians come to capture him because he's been talking to the king about where the Syrians will be, which means the king can send out his armies, which means that the the, the Syrian army is getting defeated. So they hear that it's Elijah, so they come to Elijah and they say, right, we're going to get him and we're going to do away with him because he's ruining our plans. So Elisha is in, in the city, and he's got his servant with him, right? So first thing in the morning, and I'm just ad-libbing a little bit. You know, first thing in the morning, the servant goes out to take care of the mules, right? So he's uh, taking the mules through the mule wash. He's giving them a good wash down, you know, and all the rest of it, ready for the day ahead. And he looks up, and he sees the whole Syrian army. And he's like, oh dear. All words to that effect, whatever the equivalent was in those days, okay? Um, so he looks up and he sees the Syrian army and he's like, oh no, oh we're for it this time. I told him he shouldn't have kept telling the king where the Syrian army would be, but he kept going, he kept telling them, and uh, look at this, we're going to die now, we're going to ha- die. How can we, you know, just this little city, how can we defeat this massive army? So he goes and bangs on the door and says to Elijah, 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 um, the, the Syrian army is here. They're going to come and kill us. So Elijah, he steps outside and he looks around and he says, there are more for us than against us. And the servant says, what are you on? 
But Elijah says, there are more for us than against us. And he prays for the servant. The servant's eyes are open to see the multitudes of heaven surrounding the city. And as it happens, a victory is won and so on and so forth. We can view the circumstances of life as the servant, with our eyes fixed on the circumstances of life, or we can view them as the prophet. And see the provision, the abundance of God. But in order to do that, we've got to know where we are. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, final point. This is the final point. (laughs) Final point. In terms of resisting the devil... I want to say this to each and every one of us, whether we've been a Christian for a couple of weeks, whether we're not even a Christian yet, whether we've been a Christian a couple of weeks, whether we've been a Christian 30, 40, 50 years. The devil has no authority over you and me if we are born again. He has no authority. There is no devil. There is no evil spirit. There is no circumstance. In fact, you could say there is no height or depth. There is nothing in the present or the future that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. We are secure in him, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we can face the challenges of life knowing that we are secure in him. And that just blows my mind out. Blows my mind away, that does. So, in summary, we are individually loved by God. Each and every one of us is loved by God. There is no hierarchy. There is no one who is lesser or greater than anyone else in the kingdom other than our Lord Jesus And we are seated in him in heavenly places. So we can go from this place and we can look at the challenges of life that face us. We can look at those circumstances, those those trials, and we can speak to them in the name of Jesus and see them broken because we approach them with a heavenly mindset as one seated in heavenly places, not from an earthly mindset of... I'm here, Jesus is miles away in heaven, and there's a big chasm between us. We are seated in heavenly places with him. Okay? So, I'm going to invite the band to come back up, but whilst we do that, I do just want to, um, I want us to pray for a couple of people. If you are sitting here, and you do not know Jesus, you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, if you haven't prayed that prayer where you've said, I'm going to turn my life around, I'm going to pray, I'm going to say, I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong, and Lord, I want to make you, Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life. If you have never prayed that, then you are not yet seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But I can guarantee you, if you come out in faith, and you pray that prayer, then that transfer happens by faith and you are then you are then seated in Christ in the heavenly places. So if you do not know Jesus as your personal saviour, if you haven't prayed that prayer, if you haven't made Jesus Lord, I want to encourage you to do so today. 
You know, why wait? Why spend your life with an earthly mindset when you could be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? So if you don't know Jesus, I'm going to invite you to come down onto this side and someone will pray for you. Okay? The other group of people I want to pray for is... Um, is I know it's easy to say, right? It's easy to stand here and say, you know, if we have a heavenly mindset, we can speak to those mountains of life and see them broken, see them thrown into the sea. But there will be some people here who are saying... But my problem is just so big. And they're worried about it. And that worry is overwhelming. So if you're in a place at the moment where you are overwhelmed because of circumstances of life, it's not just a concern, but you are overwhelmed in the circumstances of life, then yes, I'd like to come out and again, someone will pray for you. So if you don't know Jesus, over here, someone will pray for you. If you're feeling overwhelmed by the challenges, by the, you know, being worried about things, then someone will pray for you. For the rest of us, I'd like us to stand, please. And I'd like us just to pray ourselves, out loud if you can, but I'd like us just to pray ourselves. Just ask Jesus to give us a revelation for ourselves, because he loves each and every one of us individually. Ask Jesus to give us a revelation of what it means to be seated in heavenly places in him. How can we then approach life? So I'm going to pray, but I would encourage you also just to pray your prayer out loud. You know, let's not, God can hear all of us at the same time. We don't have to go one man, one man. You know, let's just all pray our prayer out loud. But ask him to reveal to us what it means to be seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, I want to thank you for this, uh, this message. I want to thank you, Lord, that you have seated us in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And I pray that for each and every one of us, we will get a vision, a revelation of what that means. We will get an understanding so we can approach life and the challenges of life and the situations of life from the place of knowing that we are in you in the heavenly places. There is nothing that can overwhelm us. There is nothing that can take that away. There is no trial or tribulation that can defeat us because we are in you, Lord Jesus. And I want to thank you for that. And Lord, I pray, yes, I pray for each and every one of us. Give us that revelation of what it means to be seated in the heavenly places. Give us that revelation of what it means to be individually loved and individually appreciated, individually um, uh, known by you. Lord, I pray that you will give us that revelation today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ryan, thank you. But again, if you don't know Jesus, this side. If you're feeling overwhelmed, this side and someone will pray for you.